This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we are up against, together we can beat them. It's Ken Harbaugh with Against All Enemies on the Midas Touch Network. I'm talking to Dr. Amanda Weinstein today. She's an Air Force vet and co-host of the Suburban Women Problem podcast about how militant Christian nationalism has worked its way into mainstream Republican politics. Case in point, this clip of one of the opening speakers for Donald Trump at one of his recent rallies. My conversation with Amanda is right after. We must not lose sight that this election is part of a spiritual battle. There are demonic forces at play. But I want to remind those who have fallen prey to the leadership of such demons, have fallen prey to the diabolic forces, and have become pawns to their schemes. Romans chapter 13, verse 1 through 4. This is the warning. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves, and judgment is coming. And when Donald Trump Trump becomes the 47th president of the United States, there will be retribution against all those who have promoted evil in this country. So, Amanda, I know you grew up, as I did, in a conservative Christian family. Um, And not that long ago, I don't remember Jesus being this angry and this retributive how do, how how did this happen how did this this sense of jesus as the vengeful warrior christ take over evangelical christianity i think this is a trend a lot of christians don't realize has happened uh where we see this increasingly kind of militant masculinity put into christianity and this kind of remaking of jesus from someone who advocated for you know being with children and serving the poor and washing the feet of others to someone who had a sword in his hand and was killing people. And that's just not the account in the Bible. Any Bible I have read, I don't remember Jesus having a sword in his hand and killing anyone. But this is really kind of the imagery that they're using of Jesus now as this very militant fighter and defender of the faith, not this humble servant of God. I think it bears mentioning, because I've taken a little bit of criticism for this, that these kinds of episodes are not mocking Christians or Christianity. They're mocking false representations of the faith. They're, They're mocking false Christians and false prophets because the historical Jesus, I mean, he was many things, but but he was not the Jesus that they're portraying. If anything, he was 
Uh, he was a refugee. He was an immigrant. He was a, a peacemaker. He ministered to the to the poor and the the outcast. There's nothing retributive about his ministry whatsoever. No, he hung out with the most controversial people to hang out with. He hung out with tax collectors and prostitutes, right? He is someone that I just don't recognize from certain sections of Christianity. I just don't recognize the Jesus that they're talking about. This is not the Jesus I read about in the Bible. And this is not the Jesus that pastors told me about. And this is not the Jesus looking out to go out and serve humanity and serve the poor and to take care of the earth that God commanded us to do. I just don't see the resemblance in what they see. And I don't find it disrespectful of Christianity. I find it disrespectful of Christianity not to question this type of Christianity and not to actually question, is this truly what the Bible is saying? To me, I think that is completely disrespectful to the Bible and Christianity to not question this. Okay, the perennial question, is this really representative of a change in this strain of Christianity, or is it kind of revelatory? And I'm thinking about some of the schisms that have happened in the past. I mean, the Southern Baptist Convention was created explicitly to defend slavery. Militancy has always been a part of aspects of the American Christian church. Think about sinners in the hands of an angry God. Can a case be made that the political climate has just created a permission structure for this angry, virulent strain of Christianity to emerge and and proudly yell into the microphone like this pastor just did? Absolutely. So my opinion would be that it wasn't Christianity that sought out these political things to support, whether it be slavery or anything else, but instead it was a political thing that sought out Christianity to support it. And I think that is what we're seeing now where you see politicians and a political party taking advantage of a religion and its followers to its own gains, not to further the religion, but to support their political party. And I think there is a big difference in that for both religion and politics. I think that is a brilliant framing. One of the best deconstructions of Jerry Falwell's movement, his ministry, his university characterized it the same way and said that he would have been successful at any business. He sought out Christianity as the business vehicle for for his success. So this is a case of, of politics co-opting Christianity or Christian churches. And again, I, I don't know how to use the language in a sensitive way, but it's not authentic Christianity. I mean, I, I would love to see Jesus's, the historical Jesus's reaction to today's Republican Party. Oh, man, that would be I, that would go viral. I will just say if that was on the TikTok, that would go viral so fast, I think. Um but I think it's important to even note that we have people like Jerry Falwell, who very, who decades ago actually said, we need to be careful when we see this kind of marriage of politics and religion, that it will not be good for either. And that's exactly where we are right now. We see this kind of marriage of a political party with a sect of a religion, and it is not going well for either side. I think people are very put off 
by this kind of militant religion that looks nothing like the Bible when you read those verses or nothing that they heard, and also a political party that's becoming increasingly extremist. I don't think it is good for democracy or their political party or that religion, but it is just this kind of marriage that has acted like a drug to unite the two. Thanks for watching, everyone. I am trying something new, a Patreon page. It's a way you can support the show and make sure we can keep bringing you this content. My hope is that we can continue to limit the amount of ads we run here and that we can also build a community around this effort to fight back against extremists and their enablers. Subscribers to the Patreon page will have access to exclusive and ad-free content and also early releases. Please consider helping us out. Go to patreon.com slash Ken Harbaugh or click on the link below. We're just getting started with this, so your support early on will make a huge difference in building real momentum. Thanks so much for helping out. The militancy seems so performative to me as a veteran. I know you're a veteran as well. The fetishization of of battle, when they talk about spiritual battle, when they talk about donning the armor of God, it, it is mostly coming from people who've never been shot at, who've never <laughs> actually seen the horrors of that kind of thing. Yet there's, I don't know, there's such a, a, a manly association with it. I mean, this is always coming from... Um, almost always coming from male leaders within the church. I don't know if it's projection. I don't know if it's overcompensating, but I think there's got to be something to this fetishization of, of combat. Oh, absolutely. I feel like I most often hear it from someone and I think the exact same thing. That sounds like someone who's never watched their buddy die, right? And it just irritates me. And I'm sure you have, and I have, uh, friends and classmates who have died in combat. This is not something to, I don't know, make light of and to almost use in this kind of very twisted way. And even I even think about my grandfather who was in D-Day in World War II and the way that he talked about it. He never, first of all, he rarely talked about it because he didn't want to talk about what he saw or did, but he would talk about it with me. And when he did, it was not nearly Anywhere in this vein, we hear people talking about this militancy. It was it was a very different tone. There's also the logical inconsistency and, and the hypocrisy. The speaker in this clip invokes Romans 13, where he says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. That passage goes on to say that if you resist the authorities that God appoints, you will be judged. I mean, that's a very convenient passage if your guy is in power. And they're only talking about Trump when they say answer to the existing authorities. I mean, they don't apply that on January 6th when the existing authorities were being beaten with flagpoles. I don't know how they rationalize that just glaring inconsistency. I mean, this is the issue when they think that their power is God, you know, is given to them by God, right? So then that is where you have the issue of that is who they consider to be an authority, whoever they decide, and they will tell you who actually is an authority. And they will tell you it's not actually our current president, but it is the one that they want to be president. And that is God's authority. 
And it just also doesn't match up with other verses in the Bible that say things like where Jesus said things like, give Caesar the things that are Caesar's, right? If your government's collecting taxes, give the government what the government, what's the government's, right? I don't hear them talking about that verse very much either. The problem when you take one verse out of context is I usually can find another verse that goes completely against however you're trying to use that verse. And I kind of wish more people would do that. At the end of the day, it's not really about faith. It certainly isn't about the Christian faith. It's about power and tribalism. And we had, uh, we've had we had a number of authorities on this show talking about it. I know you've interviewed Kristen Dumay. We had Angela Danger on who made this observation that when mainstream Republicans today experience a conflict between their faith and their politics, they're more inclined to choose their political tribe. And that to me is, is just a really alarming feature of, of today's extremist Republican Party. I think it's an alarmist feature of religion that even pastors and priests didn't realize. I think they thought that they had a lot more control over their religion and their followers. And I think if anything, the last few years has shown that no, in fact, when it comes to religious views, those religious views of many Christian followers are driven more by what's said on Fox News and by people claiming to know God who have none no training in actually theology or the Bible. And I think that's a pretty concerning thing that a lot of pastors and priests still don't know how to grapple with. Well, we'll keep tracking it. Thank you so much for your insights as always. Anything you want to plug for the Suburban Women Problem podcast? Oh, I will say we got to talk to Keir Bradford Gray, who is running for attorney general in Pennsylvania. And wow, was it shocking to hear, I mean, coming from Ohio... Uh, and, ju and just when we think about what's happening in Texas as well, we have seen so many attorney generals do nothing but work to undermine what voters and people actually want. That, that to me, I was like, man, attorney general, that job really sucks. And then to hear like, no, that's not what an attorney general do. So Kier said, no, what an attorney general should do is we should be working to protect consumers, to protect voters. That's what an attorney general should do. So it was a really interesting conversation where I was like, whoa. Man, I didn't even realize how great that job can be at like promoting democracy and helping people rather than just going against the will of the people. Well, we will put a link in the show notes. Thanks so much, Amanda. Thanks, Ken.